Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Welcome to the good news. The good news is that whenever our friend radio personality Steve Mudflap McGrew is uh, not on the road or on cruise ships or in another country doing uh, uh, his stand-up comedy, we often bring him on to the good news. Hello, friend. Hello. I love it when I get to come in here with you. It's you always look- so the room is always so so happy and positive, and I do leave here in a much better mood do you really? than my drive here. Always, really? always. Wow. Oh, radio hugs. Yeah. yeah, it's like radio hugs. Yeah, I always yeah. say that's on my bike. Bio. My show was like getting a radio hug, Aww. and I didn't know it was true. It's true. Oh, that's so cool. You had just made it up. Wow, and for, no, it's true. for a bearded, long-haired man with tattoos to tell me my show was like a radio hug is actually one of the best compliments I've ever received. It is like a big, giant that's radio beautiful. hug. That's a beautiful thing. I'm not going to cry, but it is beautiful. Yeah. Well, well thanks I- for hugging me with your radio. <laughs> All right, so you know who has a regular radio? My mom and my nanny. My nanny actually brings one that she like. It's carried in a leather case. It's uh-huh. like a transistor. Like the old style, yeah. Yeah, and it's like a rectangular, and it has a little dial on the front, and then she pulls out the silver antenna out of the top. I don't know how old that thing is, but it works like a dream. It carries am- it all over the house. It's amazing. The uh, th- there's like a, a radio that runs off a potato. I saw at Target the other day. What? Yeah, when I used to. Uh, Tudor Inner City Youth, we made uh, radio and uh, like powered stuff off of different fruits, and we di- decided to see like which fruit or vegetable was the better that would um, last power longer? source. Yep. Which one, which one powered your radio longer? Uh, I think avocado and potato were like head and head. Dad, can you eat it when you're done? Well, uh, like it sat out for many days. So. Okay. All yeah. right. So not as delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After we wanted to see how long it would last. Radio. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If, if people really want to hear this show. Yeah. They'll they'll waste a potato on. They'll find a way. (laughs) They'll find a way. They will find a way. I love that. Grand Grand also has a regular radio downstairs. I came downstairs because Grand Grand lives in the basement now. You know, it sounds like it sounds like she's sequestered down there. She's allowed upstairs. Like she can have. Can I come up now? (laughs) No. But she had some show on the radio, and they have dramas apparently still on the radio. Oh yeah. And I hear a smoke alarm going off, and I come downstairs like, Grand, are you okay? Grand, what's that? Is there a smoke alarm? And then she's, oh, no, I'm watching this to one of my shows. This is my program. <laughs> my program. Well, there's the like, good old Pray Home Companion and other oh, I love like, that. older radio stations will like rebroadcast stuff from back in the day. There uh-huh. is a, I, I was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona working last week, and I discovered a TV channel called Antenna TV. Really? I don't, have, you, have you heard about it? Or? Is it just static? <laughs> pretty much. No, pretty much. It's just, it's one of those, they show nothing but old classic TV. Really? Uh, just like, uh, you know, Father Knows Best, Donna Reed, yeah. uh, Good Times. Uh, I'd forgotten about a show called Evening Shade with Burt Reynolds. It, they just, it's a kind of this cluster of just old yeah. TV. And it was, uh, it's like watching time capsules. 
I like the Mayberry RFD, you know, um, show. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. I think, but those older shows always had like a lesson at the end. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Almost every TV Come on, show, Opie. Let's talk about our lesson. Yeah, yeah. They, almost everyone, even like Father Knows Best, the old, you know, oh. it was her like, well, you know, Princess, I'm glad you learned that, you know, not everybody is, you know. Even Brady Bunch kind of had a lesson. It wasn't good, but it was a lesson. Well, even... Power Rangers had a lesson when I was really? that, that was like what spoke to me as a kid you know don't do drugs don't, don't cheat and like, they yeah. kind of worked it in yeah. now it's kind of wow. you know brainless TV it doesn't have a lesson right. no there aren't many lessons in the tweenie shows I see uh-uh. on from time to time that's interesting all right, guys. Here's what we got Life going lessons on. with SpongeBob. That that's the show that we oh, should <laughs> life lesson. I had Actually, life lessons no, with SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Sponge. Okay, that's so wrong. <laughs> uh, okay, SpongeBob is actually okay. He that he's really sweet. He is. Mm-hmm. He's always kind to others. Uh-huh. Yes, he is. Uh-huh. When I'm DJing Christmas parties, there's one song I always have to squeeze in, and it's a SpongeBob song. Don't be a jerk. It's Christmas. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that is that's deep. Yeah. Who knew that SpongeBob had his own Christmas song? I did. I did. I'm gonna. Oh, get there's it. the whole album. That's really? just the best one. He has a Christmas, Christmas album? album. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised. So do the Robertsons. I, they're so well. I the Robinsons are out about their faith, but SpongeBob is usually kind of in the closet about being a Christian. I didn't even know, but yeah. you know, he he is so kind to others. I'm not surprised SpongeBob's yeah. Christian. Oh no. Good old SpongeBob. Well, he's always in a suit, so he's already a good church. <laughs> he's always in a suit. Oh gosh. Okay, I've got some good news for you, Mudflap. You ready for this? Okay. All right, you know that um, I love ARC, and I love that they hire differently abled people, and uh, I have a real heart for uh, people with disabilities. And this is about a little girl whose best friend, and I know you love dogs. I it, love dogs. Her, her service dog, who's named Barley, like the soup. Uh-huh. Take a listen. Andy was born with Down syndrome. When I finally had her, I didn't see that she had Down syndrome. More that she was a little girl. She was perfect. My name is Mary Johnson. I am an instructor for Canine Companions for Independence. Shortly after Maureen had Andy, I just kind of planted the seed to say they might qualify for an assistance dog once Andy turned five years old. What made me decide to get a service dog was Andy really loves her sister. That's her best friend, and her sister's getting older, and it's going to be in high school, and and she'll be to college, and it just kind of hit me that who's Andy's friend going to be? Who's that companion that's always there? And I wanted her to have a dog or someone that could go with her and be there for her and, you know, we'll never leave her. Say good job, Barney. Good job, Barney. The things that Barley does for Andy, um, in the morning he kind of motivates her to get dressed and then motivates her while she's brushing her teeth. He teaches her to be independent. She has to feed him, that's her responsibility. And then when we're out in the community, it's definitely bridging the gap socially between someone with a disability and the outside community. I think the most important thing between Andy and Barley's relationship is their friendship. I love you, Barley. The unconditional love that he has for her. He only sees the beautiful things about Andy. He doesn't see a disability. He just sees, he just sees her. Great if we could just see kids that way because I'm already seeing in elementary school kids seeing the differences in each other and m- mentioning, well, mom, he's different or he does this or he talks a lot, he touches me a lot, he grabs my arm a lot or and he says weird things, mom. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. already starting to notice differences in each other, which I'm trying to get them to embrace. Who wants to be a cookie cutter person? Yeah. Now I saw a, a story the other day. I wish I had it. Uh, it was like a kid that was, I think he was six. 
that had ear surgery already. Did you see this? Oh, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. He had ears that stuck out. Yeah, they called him Elf at school and everything, and and he had had ear surgery already. He's six. They had said, why is this, um, the headline I saw, why does a six-year-old have plastic surgery? And I clicked on it, because there was a story a while ago before he went into surgery about his bullying. And then he had his ears pinned back. And... Oh, I I didn't see the before story, mm-hmm. but I but people were talking about you know is this wrong that for him to have the surgery? And I I'm kind of in the up in the air about it. Yeah, because, me too. Because Did he wear a hat. No, his ears were really bad. Yeah, these are like, like really straight like, out like, from like the straight side. like an elf. I mean, seriously. Yeah. He had, that's what they called him as elf. Yeah, and the kids would tease him and call him. And I thought, well, you know, if you if you're gonna get uh, get glasses to fix your eyes, if you're mm-hmm. gonna do you know whatever, why not? improve and not be teased all your your life but at the same time should you go well you should accept everybody for where they way they are so i'm yeah i'm I'm up in the air like thinking about like okay that makes his quality of life better but then it's like well why do you have to change yourself for other people and then like as i'm reading the article i'm going back and forth every other sentence yeah but i'm with you like the definitely the kid's quality of life is going to be improved yes Right, and he's not going to be emotion going to be emotionally scarred by the situation either. Yeah. So I have to say, I'm a little torn myself because if my kid like begged me for that, you know, um, I I don't know what I would do. Yeah. So, but but I also I'm surprised that like parents when the, your kid's six and he they want to do some crazy thing that a lot of parents are like, well, that's how they feel and they're six and they want to start doing this or wearing this to school or when it's really crazy stuff or like really edgy. Yeah. Maybe we'll let them get a little bit older, like a couple of years older so they can really decide. I mean, I let my ki- kids wear like mismatched socks because that's in right now. My mom loses her mind. <laughs> my mom oh, it is, is like yelling. In? Yeah. Well, little- my daughter says she's wearing two socks when she is wearing mismatched socks, but she says she's wearing one sock if they're the same. So she always asks for two socks. But in the what you're saying, Angie, of the, uh, you know, well, you know, little Timmy feels this way and he wants to do it, so I'm going to let him. Who's the parent in this situation? That's what I always say, because I see my friends who have kids a little bit older than mine, and they're doing these crazy things like, your kid is nine, be the parent. Or like they do some weird thing to their son's hair, like they make the son's hair pink and give him a mohawk and an earring, and he's six. Yeah. Can't he have a choice in the matter? Do you think he wants to really look like that? Or what if he really does want to look like that? Shouldn't you say no sometimes? Just, right, exactly. You know, like the power like of a, no. Yeah, that's, that's an adult choice. There's another one of those things. I think people have forgotten. Yeah, see, yeah there's that's the, the kid. Okay, yep. so I just looked up the elf-eared kid, and he's so stinking cute. He is adorable. He's so cute. So this is him after, and they pinned his ears back, and he wanted the surgery. Boy, that's a tough one. I don't See, know. Don't you? He looks, you he looks better. Ha- can't the- he just wear a hat, though? Well, not in school. And well, why all can't the time? they give him special well, that, treatment? Yeah, why can't he have a hat? Well, then why surgery, do- but not a hat? Remember, but then that kid would be special. Like, then why wouldn't my kid get special treatment? Remember in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer where they put clay, they put clay and mud on his yeah. nose so mm-hmm. you wouldn't know? That'd be the same thing. You'd wear the hat, and then one day the ears would boing, 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 exactly. and the hat would fly it, off. Dumbo. Like, you know, Dumbo all of a sudden is ear. Not to, like, you know, make fun of this kid, but that's exactly but what happened yeah, in that they, movie. They yeah. tried to hide the ears. So know? he's happier now with his ears. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're saying. So right. where, do, where, where do you fall in that? Oh, that is, I don't, you know, that's a tough, it is tough. Because right away I was like, oh, no, he doesn't need his ears pinned back. But if he's really getting bullied, that scars you for life. Yeah, yeah. it's one of the reasons kids get <laughs> braces on their teeth. Or and, you commit know. suicide. Right. I mean, because they're bullied over their looks. Right. Or, you know, not fitting in or whatever it may be. Wow. That's a tough one. 
I don't know. Don't be both staring at me. <laughs> All right. Come on. Um, you have to change the world. The one answer. We need the Angie answer. All right. What's well, here's the Angie answer. Here's a little bit. I know as a mom, I'm always supposed to have the answer my kids think. All right. So here's a kind of a neat story. This is, um, well, <clears throat> not neat in the beginning. Some of these good news stories don't start off as good news, but the attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's admit it. Don't you love to be around people that have a really great attitude? Isn't it fun? Yes. And to be around the Debbie Downers, it's it's not fun. Right. And so we, I recently did an interview with a woman who's an entrepreneur, and she coaches other entrepreneurs. We're talking about Napoleon Hill's book, and she was talking about positive mental attitude and how it helps you succeed as an entrepreneur. I said, well, doesn't it help you succeed in every single aspect of your life because people want to be around you, and they want to help you, and they want to be part of what you're doing? Right? Right. And so in some of these bad news stories, they turn into good news when the person ends up having a great attitude. I always think about that kid that was over the summer. He lost a limb to a shark, and he's like, well, I could just, I'm, not letting this, I'm not letting this ruin my life. I'm just going to go about my business. And he said, I, I have another arm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yes. Kind of like that, a... that girl surfer that lost the arm and oh, continued yeah. to win. And... Yep. Yeah. Soul surfer. My kids have yeah. watched that so many times, and they cannot pass a body of water that is bigger than a puddle and not ask me if there are sharks in it. <laughs> Every single stream, lake, Pond puddle bigger than you know, like the car. And I'd say you yes. Think, would I you? Would. You would. Is there, uh, my husband. is there a shark in the toilet? Yes. <laughs> well, then my sister-in-law, who's such a psychologist, she's like, I hear her talking to Hope because we actually were in California, and she asked about the shark. She goes, Well, my Hope, you seem to have a lot of unnecessary fears for such a young person, <laughs> and this is something you should probably, you know, really get some work on. And a lot of these fears you have are really not something someone your age should have. I mean, it's not that deep. She just saw a shark movie. You know, I mean, it's like not she thinks deep. everything's really deep, you know, and needs to be analyzed. Oh, yeah. There's something wrong with my daughter. And I'm like, but she's just a little girl. I think I think schools have done that, too, with with uh, kids drawings. Yes. Oh, like, yeah. The, like they overanalyze overanalyze the draw. What did you mean by this? I don't you, know. I drew a monster. Yeah. You, know? you do too I much. I like monsters. Your monster looks like your father. Do we need to call home? Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what yeah. I mean? I think there's too much of this. Like, I think we need to get into this. Yeah, no, I'm, I I agree with you. They do. And, and, and they sometimes make a mountain out of a molehill with things like, as a mom, I, I have a lot of mom friends that we just like, we get, it's not a big deal. And I've, I was having lunch with a bunch of moms uh, last week, eight of us, and a couple of them were telling stories. <clears throat> One mom was so upset because um, another, uh, the little boy, my friend's little boy, had tried to kiss her. And she goes, look, he said, look over here. And so she turned around and looked, and he tried to kiss her. Well, she went to like the principal. My friend got called, and she's like, are you kidding me? And by the way, he didn't actually kiss her. And then another mom said, oh, yeah, I heard about the kiss. Ugh. And she said, what? You know, like it had been kind of passed around. And she was just like, "Get." she said, some of these ladies need to just like get a life. Mm-hmm. Stop being so involved in your kids' lives that – and, and I, I find with little teeny petty disturbances or disagreements, like, this, yeah. like on the playground with like a game or yeah. somebody got shoved, unless the kid is shoving you down every day when you're playing football on the playground, you just get shoved in football. Move on, people. I've had two incidents with um, my, my, friends, uh, my son's friends where one um, held a grudge for about a year, and we even went over to the house, and my son apologized for what happened, and they were at his scouts and they were chasing each other and he grabbed the back of like his shirt but his pants got caught too so his pants came down a little bit Uh oh! i know and my my son was 
mortified because yeah. he really was trying to tag him and grab him. And so um, at first he said he didn't do it. So when he got home, I'm like, I, because his friend was really upset because he said, you, you lied. And so I said to my son, I said, well, that's one of our family values, you know, lying. I just need you to tell me the truth. And he said, um, I, I, I did grab him, Mom, but it didn't mean for that to happen. We were playing tag, and I grabbed him to grab him. Yeah. And um, um, so I said, well, we have to go over there. Well, I thought my husband was going to walk him to the door. My husband pulls up, opens up the door. He goes, all right. Going up there. Yeah, by himself, up to the front door, and the whole family came to the door. Oh, no. But they later said to me, we were really proud of him because he came up and said, it really did happen, and I didn't mean for it to happen like that. I wasn't trying to do that. I was grabbing him, and um, we were playing tag, and it was rough, and I I lied. I did grab him. So he didn't forget that, I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Kids do stuff like that. I remember... You just used to pants kids. Yes. Really? I mean, like you purposefully did. do <laughs> just it. purposely run up and really? pull, pull, pull their pants down. Well, with our homeschooling, what we're going to do with Sayla, I, I, when a topic like this came up between my wife and I. You're not going to pick on her at homeschooling just so she's used <laughs> to be picked on. No, I you? said, can, can you just like call me with something ridiculous and pretend to be the principal just so I can get that ridiculous phone call from school? Just oh. like make us only up, like Sayla lick the dog and you have to come get her. Because <laughs> like, I want to be a little bit normal with that, you know? I think parents need to relax in a lot of cases. They get too worked up and, you know, uh, involved in what's going on with their kids. And they need to sometimes to let their kids fight their own battles. And I actually, because, oh, in the other incident, it was a, they were competitive with each other, my son and the other kid. And um, so... I don't know if one team beat the other, but he wouldn't talk to my son for like six months, and he quit coming over. And so at um, Cub Scouts the other day, I had this uh, uh, talk with him because one of the boys apologized, and I said, I want to talk to you guys about forgiveness. And I said, so when someone apologizes and they really mean it, and I'm not saying that they do something mean to you every day. I'm saying like one of your friends does something mean every once in a while, and they apologize, then there is a thing called forgiveness. You guys have to have to forgive and work on that. You don't stay mad at a friend for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said and stared like a drill, <laughs> like an evil eye right into the Good boys' eyes. Yeah. Good well, I've you. mentioned yeah. this before yeah. that when I worked with the inner city youth, there was two kids having a little tiff, and I talked about forgiveness. And when I mentioned that word, they looked at me like I was speaking a completely different language. What they did had, you talk about? They never heard that word. It wasn't something that was taught in their family. These kids were unchurched. And, and he I tried, explained it. I explained what forgiveness was, and their response was, "That's stupid. Let's go play." That's, Talking about forgiveness. Right. Well, in this day and age, everything is about you You dis me. Yeah. You, you, you disrespect dis- me. me. You disrespected me. me. So uh, you, I'm never forgiving you. Well, right. that you can know? lead to like, can't dissing someone lead to like a gang shooting? Oh, you know of mean? course. Like, yeah, yeah. escalate. Yeah. Road rage. Yeah. All sorts of things. Well, and what's up with some of these, um, there have been a couple incidents of like, celebrities just really going off in inappropriate ways. And now, you know, now they're videotaped. Yes. Like on planes. When they've been asked to, like, you know, I don't know, like, there was an incident. I don't want to even bring up the girl's name because it's so, I don't even want to give her any more attention. But Well, that's what someone, it solely is. It's someone, attention. Someone wanted to, um, she wanted to get by someone and he wanted to get his bag out. Well, there's a protocol. And we all know it's not written. When you get on the plane, they don't explain it. We all know yeah. that you go row by row. Row by row. You don't try to push some by yeah. somebody getting a bag. You wait. Well, she was in a hurry and she was tired. And then she started using bad language, and she called the flight attendant a really nasty name. And uh, the police actually were called, and there weren't any charges. But she's on videotape, and it's very distasteful for someone to act that 
way, I think, which and they're ce- caught now. Celebrity? Which celebrity? I know. You'll have to Google it. Mm. It's like the one, you know, the well, bad behavior's in the the the, the, the one singer that licked the donut. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, donut. Ariana bad- Grande, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. We'll say her name. Yeah. Lick the donut and put it back and bad mouth I America. Hate, I hate Americans. I hate Americans. They're also and- fat or something. Something about Americans being overweight or. Something. And then the sad thing about all that, the donut shop then got in trouble for. Um, yes, they the food did. Uh, being out. Yeah, food yes. being out and like the restaurant they came, like the health people came and like they they got more heat and more in trouble yes. than Ariana did. Well, and rem- remember there was a girl from ESPN and she got caught just really going after someone at the uh, tow lot because her car had been towed. Let me just go on the record and say I am sick and tired of the person, the service person getting yelled at. I always tell my mom, don't be mean to that person. They're not the decision maker. And I was watching a movie the other night and the guy said something like, she goes, well, why are you going to close your account? He said, I am not going to rant and rave and call you horrible names because you are just a cog in the machine, and I refuse to tell you off. <laughs> and he goes, nice. so if you don't mind, he said, I'm just going to close my account. Yeah, because the wrong people, I think, are yelled at a lot. At. Yeah, we too. take our aggression out on service people, and we need to be kind to them, even if we don't like what their company is doing to us. We need to forgive yeah. them. Yes, we need to forgive them. I love forgiveness. It's my favorite thing. Steve Mudflap McGrew joining us again, radio host and forgive comedian. Us. Forgive <laughs> us. Yeah, forgive us. We'll be right back. You're listening to KLVZ and KLVZ HD, Brighton, Denver, and online at klvz.com. Hello, it's your pal Angie Austin. You know, I have to tell you, if you enjoy the good news, I would love your support. I would love to team up with you, to partner with you, and help you grow your business or your nonprofit. And also, you could support the good news at the same time. I know all of my sponsors personally. I really enjoy working with these advertisers because we have friendships as well as a business relationship. This show means the world to me. I have a passion for sharing good news, and I have a passion for my faith, and I would also have a passion for you and and building your business as well. You can reach me at angieaustinnews at gmail.com, angieaustinnews at gmail.com. I'd love to work with you. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just, I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things. But it's uh, a few times a month commitment. 
commitment and you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone, and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl, and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. We know that God loves us, and He gave His Son for us. This is where love lives. 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. Well, this is a great topic. The title of the book is, I'm happy for you, sort of, not really. Finding contentment in a culture of comparison. And we have Kay Wills Wyma with us. Hi, Kay. Hi, how are you doing? Well, I know you've been on the Today Show and other shows as well, and people may uh, know you by your other book. Is that correct? Yeah, we had, had a book come out a couple of years ago called Cleaning House, A Mom's 12-Month Experiment to Rid Her Home of Youth Entitlement, <laughs> which had a lot to do with the issue of entitlement in the culture these I, days and painting it. <laughs> I had no idea that by cleaning my house, I could get rid of my kid's sense of entitlement. I am going to work on that because I'm not very good at cleaning. <laughs> I'm not a very, and that's what it's funny because it's not. It, it is. Uh, it's more them and what they do. Like it's, you know, just putting responsibility back on their plates and in in every realm, not just cleaning the house, but just in their lives and throughout their lives. And and it is. It's an issue that's strangling kids these days and leaving them wondering who they are. And all of it led to this next book, the I'm Happy for You, uh, because so much of that is driven by by well-meaning parents and educators and, uh, you know, political leaders trying to pave the path for the kid rather than really get the kid prepared for the path. Interesting. All right. Well, and I love the title, too, of I'm happy for you, parentheses, sort of, not really. <laughs> because let's be honest. I mean, I, I hate to use this really blunt terminology, but I have a friend that we, uh, when my husband and I talk about her and her husband, we refer to them as grave dancers. And I know that sounds totally mean, but they will call us filled with glee about some failure of someone that we know mutually. And I do not find any kind of satisfaction in anyone, whether it be someone I like or do not have a great past with, I don't get glee out of seeing people fail. And so that's why I think it's interesting because sometimes we pretend that we're really happy for someone and on the inside we're jealous or we covet what they have, their success, or we look on Facebook and see their great trip to Italy and we're like, oh, we're so happy for you. And then just like your book, (laughs) sort of not really. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I think it's so interesting you brought up the, the uh, grave dancer because there's actually a German term called schadenfreude and it means harm joy. And it is that people take satisfaction in someone else's demise. And it's fascinating, but so true. It's the, it's really part of comparison that that uh, fascinated my husband and, and, and it's comparison hits people at all different realms, but to find some sort of satisfaction in that is a little bit sick. And yet, why do we do it? Uh, because we're so concerned about ourselves and us belonging. Are we okay? You know, at the core of that being, am I all right? And the message in society today and probably always is that you have to measure up to be a certain way. And I think the problem with, with what's going on in today's world is, is in part technology, which allows us to see everything that everybody's doing. 
thing. Immediately. So, immediately. Yeah, like, I don't even yeah. post pictures while I'm on vacation because I feel like it's kind of like, in your face, Facebook friends, in your face. <laughs> You're in a blizzard. Look at me on the beach, and I am in the sand, and I am wearing flip-flops. You know, so last winter when I went to Florida and they had a blizzard in, you know, my home state, I didn't I didn't post pictures till I came home because I felt like it was in your face, and I don't want to be that friend. But I think yeah. people love to do it. They even say, like, ha, 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 I picked a good time to leave. You're in a blizzard and I'm not. Na, 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 boo, boo, ha, 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 ha. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's true, isn't it? And it's so, so I, I agree with you. Technology does do that. And so why, especially as Christians, like I'm very content with where I am. Okay, Cam, okay, I'm going to be honest with you, but I yeah. have downsized. So 99% of the time I'm, I'm fine with my downsize. I don't mean smaller, but we're not in a fancy neighborhood. I don't drive a fancy car. And so one of my friends from the fancy neighborhood, in fact, most of my friends live in very big, very expensive houses. A lot of them from my philanthropy circle. Okay, with that said, one of them came by my house and she hadn't been to my new house. And I said, yeah, we downsized. I said, so our house payment is so tiny now. And she said, I'm surprised you even have a house payment. In other words, like you downsized so much to such a crummy house that you should you should have been able to pay this thing off. That was like, or, she said. or she could have been slightly jealous that you had none. You know, you just no. and so it's interesting because you you hit these glimpses and 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 we talk about that a little bit in the book. You know what people see. So when she walks into your house, it's like. What's going on in her mind? There's really no telling. And, and we bump up against this stuff almost everywhere we go. I can do it to myself, just even like pulling out my drawer in the morning and, and seeing a pair of pants that I might have worn before, you know, I got pregnant with that fifth child. And, and for whatever reason, my mind, even though I'm 50, you know, and I'm certainly not going to be in whatever pants I wore when I was 30, or right. highly unlikely, but I could let it tool with my thoughts for a minute and go, well, why? Because in I feel like I'm 30, but my body doesn't act like it's 30 anymore. And yet my mind will trick me and take me back and go, you should be in those pants. And, and they're into these words, you know, like should, would, and could, or, yeah. or the er words, which were so dangerous, the better, bigger, smarter, faster, thinner, all kinds of things. And maybe even for your friend, smaller, because there could be that. I wonder if there's relief, if there's relief in her life, because they've let go of some of these things that are tethering us. And, and that's one thing that I think is so important in this whole weirdness that is going on to look beyond whatever it is that we're seeing on the outside, whether it is a Facebook picture or whether it's um, just an idea that pops into my mind, even as I'm checking out the grocery store, you know, because the magazines are there to tell me what I don't have that I should have. Right. And, and to be able to say, okay, what's behind that? Because the truth of the matter is the gal in front of me or the man in front of me is looking at the same, at the same magazine rack. Yes. And uh, to be able to see the person in the moment for a minute to, to get our minds out of whatever, however we've made a situation about ourselves, like defining our self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, kids are dealing with it on steroids these days. And, know, and it's the sort comparisons. Of- All right. So I want to reset this in our interview. I want to say, ultimately, I'm reading that you say the key to living a contented life is learning how to celebrate someone else's success. And so you say that can be as simple or as difficult as saying, I'm happy for you and really meaning it. So um, if we need to shift our perspective in order to accept and embrace and really do feel happy for someone else yeah. um, rather than fight to always be struggling to be the best and to compete with the Joneses, how do we do this, Kay Wills-Wyma? 
Well, I love that you use the word perspective. You said shift our perspective, and that's critically important. And so there are different things that we can do. You know, in that moment when the errors are kind of like they're barreling down, <laughs> either I've started them or somebody else has. And uh, in that moment, one of the things that, that we talk about in the book is the idea of a mental reboot, kind of like when oh, you I used like to, that. you know, turn off and on your computer. Yeah. But Really, turning off and on always, isn't that the answer to every problem? <laughs> Just yeah, start, really. over. start over. And so it's like this idea of control, alt, delete. You know, control, recognize that there is something going on that's playing with your thoughts. And then alt, get an alternative perspective. And there's a lot of ways to do that. I mean, okay. you really can take a different perspective. And I was with some college gals the other night who are living it in space. One of them is a dancer at SMU, which is a university that's down the street from us. So all day, every day, she's looking in a mirror. And all day, every day, she's either picked or not picked for the lead. All kinds of things wow. that could lead her to think less of herself. Yeah. And so in her realm of perspective, I asked them, I was like, what's the... What what was the thing in high school that was relatively recent for you that made it or broke it? And, you know, for one, it was the homecoming date. For another, it was student council. For another, it was fives on AP exams. And, and I'm like, today, are those things rocking your world? And the hmm. answer is no. And it's like, okay, what is it today that's rocking my world that five years from now I'm going to look back and go, why did I make that such a big deal? Okay, so there's one realm of perspective. Another is gratitude. You can go, I mean, really ticking down the list of the things you have to be grateful mm -hmm. for actually is proven by health professionals to make you feel better. And there are plenty, you know, really just starting with the basics of your life, you know, that you have a beautiful home that you live in, whether it's big or small, that you have running water. I mean, it's, you, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but you can go through so many things and it does the quick, like it's like pops you out of it for a second. Yeah. And then the delete, it's like, just stop, stop it. You know, don't do it. And in that moment of stopping it for a second, Second, look at somebody next to you and, and truly find something to encourage them with because it actually breathes life into your situation and theirs. It's mm -hmm. amazing how that happens. Mm -hmm. And truly being, you know, happy for others. But I love that. I, we call it the golden list in our house. And my friend Jim Stovall, he's an author, author. He's written like 30 books and he went blind as a teenager. And his grandmother would say when he would come to complain, I will, I'm here to listen to all your complaints, Jim, but please go do your golden list and then come back to me. And once he wrote down for him, the 10 things he was grateful for, he said he really yeah. didn't have a lot to complain about anymore, even as a teenager going blind. So with my kids, we have a short drive to school. Our 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 um, golden list is five um, items long. And if the kids are arguing, it's surprising when they mention each other as I'm grateful for my brother or my sisters, mm -hmm. how quickly the argument stops and their focus completely changes. And I, think it, drills, mm -hmm, I think it drills into them a sense of, um, gratitude and making that part of their day. To, it's just their program to think that way. So if you're just joining us, let's go ahead and uh, you know give you a reset here and talk about Kay Wills Wyma and her book, I'm Happy For You, Sort Of Not Really, Finding Contentment in a Culture of Comparison. All right, so what, what do you want us to take away from this book, Kay? Well, I, want, I, I hope we all take away, and, and it's, it's something that I, I really I think about a lot during the day because it's this this um, issue of comparison that's in society. It's not new. It really isn't. No, kind but it's gotten worse. It's not new, but it's worse. 
Yeah, and, and so it's here and it will be here, but there's joy in the midst. It's like one of those things, it can take us captive and it really can suck you down, but it you, it doesn't have to. And and the reason why we landed on I'm Happy For You as the title partly was from a daughter who was struggling in a classroom about comparison over grades and how it was sucking her down, whether she made a better grade or a worse grade, either way, it never was it either the better grade, there was never an enough of the better, like it could never be enough. Hmm. And the worst grade always made her feel what she believed about herself, that she was stupid. It's not true. And so the I'm happy for you, if she could say that in the moment, breathes life into the person that is needing to find their significance in whatever it is that is driving them. And it breathes life into her by loving somebody else, which really grows back to the greatest commandment. And and that's where the power is. You know, what is it? Well, love others as I have loved you. And the, that one sums up all the law and the prophets. There's something big in that one. And there must be life or he wouldn't have said it. And and I really think that's where the joy can be found. And and it's amazing how it, it, it actually buoys you like the gratitude. Uh, it makes everyone feel good in that situation, probably because it gets our eyes off of ourselves. Well, and let's uh, talk about that, getting your eyes off of yourself and, you know, being kind to others and looking outward about what we can do for others and being happy for others when they have uh, successes in their own lives. You're a mom of five. I'm a mom of three. How are you teaching your kids to not live by comparison? And, you know, Cindy has this and Barbie has a lot more clothes. And did you see how nice the jeans are that Susie has? How do we get them to not live their lives that way? Well, and the the fair, you know, everything's fair or not fair. Right. Or the, I, but even you don't even have to go there. They are they are inundated day in and day out with with uh, very very strong pressures to measure up. But that doesn't even touch the social media stuff that they live in, because literally their self worth is driven by the likes, the the tweets, the retweets, the repins, all these kinds of things that actually dictate their self worth, as does this the friendships, which they could have, you know, to have a thousand friends is what really would make them feel good about themselves. But taking that out of the picture and drawing into their focus that the thousand isn't what drives it. It's the one or two, you know, the deep, that the depth actually means something and going to those age old things that we've heard our whole lives, you know, in order to to have a friend, you have to be a friend. What does that look like? And uh, I, it's like a broken record with these kids that I am always saying to them, that grade doesn't define you. No one is saying be the best, add a couple of letters. It's be your, you know, T-H-E-I-R, their best. Let's go for that, you know. And I love and going it, for excellence rather than perfection. You yeah. know, your best oh, is excellent. Do you, you don't, yes. there's, there is no perfection, so go for excellence. Yeah, and these kids are dying under the under the this this pressure to perfection, and you're yeah. seeing some stuff coming coming from college campuses that is brutal because you have depression at an all time high. The drug that kids are reaching for these days, do you know what it is? Mm-mm. Antidepressants. <gasps> Really? Anxiety medicine. It is the highest prescribed medication for kids. Anxiety medication. Interesting. And then you can look at the New York Times. They had a piece on the on the on the pressures of perfection, and it sadly goes into the epidemic of suicide. And it's like, what's oh. going on? There's now something called, literally called, the quarter life crisis, meaning that these kids are getting out of school and at 24. They feel like they have no nowhere to go. 
And uh, that, that should make us, if possible, to pull back and go, what are they believing about themselves? And so much of it is tied back to these social media, that, that what they see, the stuff that they are seeing, looks better than what they are living. And it's called like the highlight reel compared to their normal. Even the stuff that they post that they know isn't really who they are. Wow. They're creating a brand or a persona or an image. Okay. So you've got, you've got five kids. How do you handle social media with them? Well, I, I try, you know, I've, I've learned that just saying something to them does not work. And I bet you've learned that too. You know, the, it's sort of like the Charlie Brown teacher, you know, wah, 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 wah. And so I, I literally am a geek. I wear them out. But I take any opportunity I can to to ask some questions, like if they have an interaction with a person like a friend in real life, like talking with them, or if they put into practice, you know, actually caring for somebody besides themselves, I'll ask them just a simple question. How did that make you feel? Like, really, how did that make you feel? And if I watch them surfing through social media or something, I'm like, well, how does that make you feel? And, and it inevitably will do what it should do, and the, the, the relationship with a real person a hundred times, even if it's yucky, hundred percent of the time feels better than being tied, you know, like tethered to the back of some boat that's going along through waves of up and down and up and down that you can't control and they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if they go, my one that lived through the, the classroom issue on the, on the volleyball court, I was like, I want you today, you know, instead of worrying about what people think about, you know, because whenever you're on a, even a playing field, it's that concern of how do I look? How do I look? Well, that could be a problem. And it actually makes you perform worse. And I'm like, yeah. look at the kid next to you and find something that is legitimate to say something that will build them up. Mm-hmm. And, and when they walk off the court and can say, boy, I, I said that and you're not going to believe what happened. She said something nice back to me. And right. then we both played really well. And, and so these seem ridiculous, and yet we are in such great need of it. And I think in big part because we have this society that is just blaring at all times, you must, you must, you must, in order to be okay. And we know from Scripture that's not true. The world, the Lord doesn't work the way the world does. Go to the one who says, I created you with a purpose. What is your purpose? And then find it for your kids, too. Love it. giftedness, you know? Love it. Again, we're talking to Kay Wills-Wyma, and we're going to get her website. The book is I'm Happy For You, Sort Of, Not Really, Finding Contentment in a Culture of Comparison. Your website, Kay? Is The Moat Blog, T-H-E-M-O-A-T-B-L-O-G, which started for mothers of adolescents and teens, but it's even definitely gone further at the idea of a moat. <laughs> Love it. Like, what's around your house? Uh, it's emoteblog.com. Excellent. Thank you, Kay. Thank you. His love expressed for us right here on 810 KLVZ, where love lives.
Hi, it's Angie. Would you like to have a bigger business or grow your nonprofit and make more money for your charity? I would love to help you. If you like the good news, if you believe in what we do, we work with our sponsors personally. And I have friendships. I know everyone that works on the good news as an advertiser myself. And so I would love to help you build your business. And I would love to have you help support the good news if you enjoy it. And I love to work with nonprofits, as you know. So please contact me if you have questions. And News at gmail.com. Again, it's News at gmail.com if you'd like to partner with the good news. When achieving your dreams is a bit more difficult than you thought, Infinite Nation is here to help. Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation, and she knows that when your vision is big enough, you can create infinite success. Go to InfiniteNation.com to learn more about the upcoming Vision is Victory workshop on August 27th and get your tickets. During this all-day event, Carrie will teach you how easy it is to get yourself on the right path to making your big dreams a reality. She will show you how to reconnect with and clarify your vision and create measurable and achievable goals for the short and long-term success. If you are unable to attend the Vision is Victory event on August 27th, you can still make your dreams a reality by requesting a free Vision Check phone call with Carrie Conley. She will help you discover how easy it is to get yourself on the journey to achieve your dreams. Call 720-331-8693, 720-331-8693, and go to InfiniteNation.com. Hi, it's Angie. Would you like to have a bigger business or grow your nonprofit and make more money for your charity? I would love to help you. If you like the good news, if you believe in what we do, we work with our sponsors personally. And I have friendships. I know everyone that works on the good news as an advertiser myself. And so I would love to help you build your business. And I would love to have you help support the good news if you enjoy it. And I love to work with nonprofits, as you know. So please contact me if you have questions. And News at gmail.com. Again, it's News at gmail.com if you'd like to partner with the good news. This is where love lives. 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. Well, this is good news. If you have teenagers, you probably know that millions of high school students take some very important tests in October. And you're thinking, why is that good news? Well, there are some potential benefits that could come out of this testing that parents should be aware of, including expanded scholarship opportunities, access to advanced placement courses, and free personalized practice on the new SAT. And here to help us better understand all of this, because I certainly need help, is Wendell Hall. He's joining us again. Always enjoy having him. He's the Senior Director, Advocacy and Policy with the College Board. Good morning. Welcome back, Wendell. Good morning to you and to your listeners. Okay. I love education, but I need help with this. What is the PSAT, NMSQT, and what does it measure? What is it? No worries. We can help you out. The PSAT, NMSQT, qualifies your student for the National Merit Scholarship, the longstanding partnership that we've had, and also an additional $180 million in scholarship opportunities. Really? Um, it's important to know this is more than just a test. We're connecting scholarships. And one thing I think it's important for parents to know and students as well is that the test itself is aligned to what students are learning in the classroom. Well, that's good to know. It's not, you know, they're having to learn other things just to do well on it, which we've seen in some uh, testing uh, situations in the past. All right. So how does the PSAT, NMSQT, I'm just getting practice saying it, help prepare students for the SAT? How does it connect them with all of these wonderful opportunities? 
the PSAT and the SAT are completely aligned and connected. Uh, the scores are the same. The critical thinking skills that we test in evidence-based reading and writing, math, and problem solving are similar. It's a snapshot for how you would perform on the, PSA, on the SAT if you were taking the actual SAT. All right. Now, um, how does it help identify students who are likely to succeed in advanced placement coursework? When students take the PSAT this month, they'll receive a score report from their school in December. Ah. That score report is going to tell them whether or not they're ready and prepared to take advanced placement or AP courses. Uh, AP courses are courses where college-level courses taken at the high school where kids can receive either credit or placement once they get to college. And we know that can potentially save them money. And everyone would like to save some money, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. School is so expensive now. I'm already freaking out. And I've got a first grader, a, a, a third and a fourth grader. You know, I'm already worried about it. All right. So let's talk about you've mentioned millions of dollars in scholarship money. Um, how does this testing help make that available to those students? We have many outside partners and we've added more this year in addition to the National Merit um, Scholarship where students who perform well can be identified that, you know what, they're ready for some of these scholarship opportunities. We have several partners, the American Indian Graduate Center, Asian Pacific Islander American Scholarship Fund, Hispanic Scholarship Fund, the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, and the United Negro College Fund. All, all right. wrapped up into one, all connected to this exam that your child may take um, in October this year. Now you say may take, how, how does that process work? Some will, some won't, how does it work? They will take, and that's why it's important for parents, talk to your child, children if you're listening, or students I should say if you're listening, go to your counselor. Make sure you're signed up to take this, to take this exam. Um, this exam is gonna, again, provide opportunities for where you are for the SAT, it's gonna give you an amazing opportunity to see about advanced placement courses, and also, we have free world-class test practice. Um, I wish I had this when I was in school, when I was taking the SAT. No kidding. Where now kids can go online. They can go to PSAT.org, and they can learn how to connect themselves to free practice to continually come better for uh, when they take the SAT. That is fantastic, because I certainly didn't have that either. Um, all right, Wendell, it's great news to have you on the good news. Uh, thank you so much. I always enjoy you and your passion for education. Give us the website again. Thank you. I appreciate it. PSAT.org. And also, there you can learn about scholarships and free practice. And talk to your counselor. Ask whether or not you're signed up for this exam this month. Excellent. Thanks, Wendell. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.